Rusty Quill presents. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Today's broadcast is brought to you by Minerva's Illumination Slippers. Tripping over your toes in the twilight? Kicking rats on your trip to the restroom? Can't find the maid's mattress at midnight? Minerva's Illumination Slippers provide the right amount of radiance for your nighttime navigation. Never again be caught in awkward explanations swinging stories of sleepwalking. Now available in waterproof. Minerva's Illumination Slipper Solutions. Save your regrets for tomorrow. What's a hotel but a place for the wayward shadows of Celine? A place where you can satisfy every indulgence and you don't have to clean. Steal all the towels and eat soup in bed. Play a card game with a Duncan and a poisoner named Fred. The Duchess Hotel was built with a dream. And that dream is a dark one where every floor is 13. The annual Wormwood Revelry was the official start to the fall season. Still spearheaded by the venerable famous host Felicity Founders, guests checked in for the weekend and usually spent the days stuffing themselves silly, getting treatments at the Molly Coddle Spa, 
and drinking anything and everything green. As always, it made for a tidy excuse to be caught in someone else's room, under the covers, running down hallways wrapped in a duvet. The rich loved to use it as a weekend of release with a descent of a green-colored mist that allowed them to satisfy whatever lustful affairs they'd built up. When everyone left the halls of the Duchess, it was all awash. The gossip going no further than the breakfast at the Galliard on the final day. Everyone washed and tidied and put together again to return to appropriate life. Things had ratcheted up since the hedonism laws passed in Selene. To summarize effectively, the hedonism laws said that nothing was illegal as long as everyone was having a good time. This loosened up the boundaries and allowed for all kinds of frolicking fun. The Wormwood revelry this year promised to be the biggest and most astoundingly fun yet. That is, if the Duchess Hotel could be ready in time. Winston, the manager of the Duchess, was also, as of this moment, the desk clerk, the bellhop, the doorman, and maintenance. You see, the Duchess has a bit of a problem with the staff vanishing at odd times. Some are kidnapped into rooms for all sorts of reasons, as artist models and muses to taste test some meal ordered up from the restaurant to help guests slip into something or someone, or sometimes it is said the Duchess herself will take one or two when no one is looking. She does like pretty things. Some say they heard a faint scream down the elevator shaft in the middle of the night, or a muffled smother from deep in a closet everyone forgot about. One way or another, it had dwindled down to Winston, and he hadn't the chance to restaff for the ball. Kitchen and bar staff seemed unaffected, but Winston had to look after the athletic club and Molly Cottle Spa, too. The ball was used every year to maintain the reputation of the Duchess Hotel, and this year would be no different. Expectations were high. And even though it would be tough, Winston was going to manage. Except for one thing. This year, the Duchess had a problem. A moss problem. Winston stood in the depths of the Duchess Hotel, across from the athletic club in the Molly Coddle Spa, outside of the steam room. Steam hissed out of the vent, partially filling the room. He was on his hands and knees between two shower beds peering into a drain in the floor, the shower nozzles slightly dripping water onto his back, soaking his shirt. A bright crimson moss had grown from the drain up over the bed, up the wall, and into the ceiling. It was dense and had an undulation to it as it seemed to grow thicker with each pulse. Winston fished his hand into the drain up to his elbow, but couldn't feel the bottom. He yanked up, but the moss didn't budge. It was clogging the drain system. It had moved into the ductwork and was making its way up the floors in various rooms of the hotel. If it wasn't stopped, it could shut down operations of all kinds, not to mention clash with all of the green decorations for the ball. He had called in an expert, someone from the Lanula Horticultural Society. Lillian Singh stood over him with a magnifying glass, dressed in her adventuring wear, that she saved for her vast greenhouse and explorations into the pavilions of Lanula Park. Winston explained, It was an exotic moss, brought in for the part of the Molly Cuddle spa treatments, but uh, it looks like some fell into the drain and started to grow. I can't get it to budge, old and grunted. Lillian took out a pair of snippers from her pouch and cut off a section. Let me take this to the society and see if we can examine the sample and get some answers. In the meantime... 
I'll gather some of our usual herbicides to see if we can take the fight out of this. Fascinating thing, really. Shame to kill it. She almost seemed petted as she watched it crawl up the wall to the ceiling. Please use haste, Lillian. I don't have time for setbacks. People are already arriving for the ball weekend. Lillian nodded. Radio, Winston. Do you mind if I stop for a tipple with Lloyd? He makes this crushed ice celebration that I just love. It's so refreshing and blue. Lillian, I've already tried bleach and vinegar to no effect. I have two guests upstairs waiting to use this room. Right, right. Off I go. Back in a jiff. She placed the sample into a vial and rushed out of the room. Those two guests were in fact Cornelia and Cooper Walker, daughters of Viola Walker and the matron of the Walker fortune, and resident of the Park Row House Lavendula. After a harrowing affair over the summer, the daughters had suggested to their mother that she get away for some rest. Viola, the ever-vigilant worker, suggested her daughters take the rest instead, and so Cooper and Cornelia decided to reserve a room and tickets for the Wormwood. They both had arrived early and took into the Mollycoddle Spa almost immediately. The spa at the Duchess had the latest of treatments, including Dr. Vega's liquid light bath, a snail walk full body massage, fish pedicure, a mud soak, and a champagne shower, the last of which they were about to experience when the moss was discovered. It was this final treatment that they were describing to Cecil the psychic at the carousel bar. The two sisters in white terry cloth bathrobes, towels wrapped around their heads as they sipped bellinis at the bar. Cecil had never indulged in the spa, so was intrigued. They steam you, then they soak you, then you ice bath, then they wrap you up, then they shower you, and then steam you again. Then they strip you naked and slap you all over with sapling branches, Cornelia said. Cooper nodded. The branches are imported, she said, and took a sip of her Bellini. My word, Cecil said. It makes you sound like a couple of gourmet clams, he exclaimed. I'm not sure I'm up for all that. What brings you to the Duchess, Mr. Cecil? Cornelia asked. Cecil sat up in his chair. Well, I come here to see my friend Lloyd and be his taste tester at his all-new creations. I come in to watch the sunset, see the people walk by the window, and to liven up the place. He took a sip of his drink. I often take my dinner here, and the soup is divine. You two are delightful, he said. Here, he took a paper napkin and folded it tightly into a flower, one from Miss Cornelia, and one for you too, Cooper. Lloyd came up with another round of Bellinis. You girls know that Cecil Hare has a gift. He can tell us someone's going to bite the big one. Lloyd smiled at Cornelia and she blushed a little. No, said Cooper. Do me. Nope, Cecil said. I only do strangers and we, I can tell, are clearly friends. But, here, let me show you. He leaned back in his chair, covered his face with a napkin and raised a finger. Now look out the window. The man on the sidewalk is going to be hit by a trolley. Not today, but years from now. Chasing papers blown by the wind. That constable, who is flirting with that woman, 
is going to choke on an apple trying to get used to his new dentures in his old age. Brilliant, both girls said as they offered a small round of applause. Cecil took the napkin from his face, bowed in his seat, and took Cornelia's hand to read the lines for a bit of palmistry. Victor Van Housen, the writer, studio hotel room occupant, and deaf cat owner, sat in the stillness of his room. He'd not written in some time, and was still held back by frustrations from his previous attempts at writing a brilliant love story of a novel. He checked in years ago to write his first work, and having never completed one, never felt the urge to leave. Victor left his parents' home and only tried to write originally for a weekend, and the temporary relief from the world in his life had created the peace and quiet he needed. He wrote passionately for three days. When he left, he felt a sadness at the regular returning to life, and a longing to return to the peace of the Duchess. He tried back at home, he tried in evenings to write, and nothing would come. He tried in parks and on benches, at cafes of the library. Nothing. He found his thoughts wandering, his focus darting off, and every word and line felt forced. He noticed that he longed for the days in the Duchess, in that room seemingly between worlds, in the quiet that roared so loud that he drifted into a powerful daydream that let the words slip right out. There was something elusive in those hallways with the red carpet and dark walls, something hidden and whispering at him from the shadows cast by the little golden lamps, his words flitting around as ghosts between floors. He had to get back to the Duchess. He didn't care about anything else, any life or romance or friends. He'd been given a bond for schooling and cashed it to rent out the room at the Duchess and not much else. Victor scribbled out all his original opus, on a small scraps of paper. Love stories always seem so strange, typed rigidly on a typewriter. His desk overwhelmed with a pile of notes, heaving a breathing thing of its own. And then tragedy struck. A strong gust of wind blew in the room, ripping all the scraps into the wind. His rough draft, incomplete, blew out the window and onto the street. The unfinished story shared incomplete with the world. Victor rushed down to the lobby, out the building, and into the street, chasing the papers into traffic. But they all blew away, and Victor, defeated, met a cat at his feet. He named him Asterix, and picked him up and carried him back into the room. From then on, he had trouble getting over his despair in his writer's block. He fought with himself, never wanting to leave until he had something completed, but not being able to write anything that felt as good as his original notes had promised. The hope of love had left him and eluded him ever since. Years Victor lived in his room, sagging and looking like the oldest young man to inhabit the hotel. A few doors away from Victor's room, a couple of members of the Poisoner's Guild had set up a high-stakes card game in order to lure out a pit boss from the Duncan Union to gamble for the marker on a man's life. That man was Fred, a factory man skilled at poisoning large groups of people when the need arose. Fred had just brushed off the table, 
set out the card and chips while Zuka situated a wooden box on the dresser. There were three raps on the door, and Fred and Zuka tensed. It was followed by two more and then one single knock. They relaxed, and Zuka went to the door and opened it. Paris Green, brother to Edmund Green, slipped in from the hall. He had a hat and scarf covering his identity on the street, which he took off and flung on the bed. Were you followed? Fred asked him. Paris shook his head. How'd it go? Fred asked him. No good, Paris said. I tap my trust, but my brother won't cough up any more for me. Fred sat down and started to cut and shuffle cards. Not your fault, Paris. Thanks for trying. I appreciate you lining up a backup. But this is my mess, and this is the best way I can think of cleaning it up. I appreciate you and Z over here having my back on this whole thing. If everyone can keep their cool, we'll all play out like I said. And Digby should be a reasonable guy. If there's one thing I know, a Duncan can't resist a game. And I'm good enough at cards to take him out without cheating. He'll kill you if you cheat, Zuka chimed in. I'm not going to cheat, Z. Shuffled the cards again. But Zuka was worried. He struck the box on the dresser. He's not your possession, Fred. I cannot let him leave with her. Z, relax. She's just bait to get him out. I ain't gonna lose, and you ain't got nothing to be worried about. If things get ugly, then Paris and I can handle one guy, even if he's a Duncan. And we'll get out of here with that thing, with her... Now if she's done with her swim, can you please put her back in her box before Digby gets here? Zuka glared at him. Z, ain't it time for your pain shot? Zuka headed for the bathroom. Zuka closed the door and sat next to the bath. She reached down and slipped off one shoe and then the other. Her feet bound with a thin cloth that kept her toes together tight. Her battered and contorted feet from years of punishment as a ballerina. Her calluses and thick corns from being on point in position. Several of her toes sat strangely and disfigured. They'd been broken and all set back at unnatural angles. She rubbed the arthritis out of them, reached for a leather case at the sink, unzipped it, and pulled out a small brass syringe. She slipped the needle between her toes and applied a dose of a blue liquid. As she sighed and leaned back, she rolled up her sleeve, exposing part of her nautical tattoos that ran up her arm and around her body. She graced her fingers across the salty water of the bathtub as it gave off a faint aquamarine glow. Paris and Fred talked betting strategy weighing out if there were ways they could signal each other without cheating. But it was straight guile and cards. They didn't want to risk bringing the whole of the Duncans down on the Poisoner's Guild. Zuka came out of the bathroom refreshed. She carried something in a scarf, went over to the box on the dresser, opened the top and gently set it down and, and closed the lid. She checked her hair and makeup in the mirror. Fred slicked his hair back with a comb. Paris paced, tapped his walking stick against the floor. He checked his pocket watch. And then, a heavy rap against the door from the hallway. 
right exactly on time. The door knocked with the heavy knuckles of Digby Duncan. Can Fred and Paris successfully outplay the Duncans to free Fred from his fate? Will Winston be able to rid the hotel of the moss infestation before the revelry can commence? Will Victor find his inspiration so he can ride his way out of his solitary life? Will Cooper and Cornelia commence their mollycoddle spa treatments so they can be beaten with imported branches? Will the ghosts of the Duchess Hotel alight another debaucherous weekend? Take a chair and we'll deal you in to the next episode of Celine. Would you like a ticket to enjoy the revelry of Noon Night Affair? Our Patreon is a place where you can see all the sordid savagery and indecent decadence of the mysteries of our fair city. Want some answers for once? Solve the mysteries and share never-before-heard stories, music, and spectacle. Come be a part of Moonlight Affair, Silent Treatment, and Selene with the other spirits again and again and again and again and again and again and again. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.